Hey, what's going on, everybody? My name is Seth Askelson. I want to thank you for joining me here on Locked On Coyotes. Locked On Coyotes is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we're back for day number two of this week for Locked On Coyotes as the Yotes prepare to take on the New York Rangers at recording time. It is currently 1.36 Pacific time, so about a two and a half hours away from puck drop. And we'll take a look at that game for the Coyotes as they head to New York, a team that has gotten uh, plenty of points in their last few games since their uh, loss to the Boston Bruins in the home opener. The Coyotes have gotten points in every game since that point. They're at 4-2-1 and one at the moment. So points in their last five games, nine out of the last ten points available. And they're starting to shoot back up the standings. Obviously, it's early and... A lot of teams are still trying to work the kinks out, and that's another thing is we'll, we'll dump, jump into a little bit later is that the Pacific Division wasn't really thought of as uh, the the best division in the West, and uh, a lot of people thought the Central was uh, going to be the, the division to be the most dominant, and maybe five different playoff teams going to come out of the Central that obviously isn't looking like the case right now and really it looks like the Pacific Division is the toughest I think it's a, a beneficiary of maybe some a uh, little bit of a weaker schedule um, for some of these teams you take a look the Red Wings took a, a pretty long West Coast road trip didn't include a stop in Arizona but they were in Anaheim they did go up to the Western Canada road trip of Vancouver and the Alberta City so few wins there as the Red Wings are struggling to start. Um, the Senators have also taken a West Coast road trip that included stops in LA, Vegas, and Glendale. So uh, able to pick up some wins, but that doesn't take away from how good these teams have played in the Pacific. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I do want to start uh, before we even jump into the Rangers game. I just want to really look at Nick Schmaltz, a guy that was acquired in a trade last season for both uh, Dylan Strome and Brendan Perlini. And Nick Schmaltz came in, put up 14 points in 17 games, was really getting that power play going and tore his ACL, unfortunately, in a kind of a freak injury. And then uh, comes back this year, maybe um, concerns about rust, but I think those concerns can get put to rest at the moment as he has had eight points in seven games. He leads the Coyotes. He looks fantastic. He was drafted 20th overall by the Blackhawks in 2014, the University of North Dakota alumni, as uh, even in college looked pretty good. Uh, put up 46 points in his uh, final season in college. He only played two years at North Dakota before he joined the Chicago Blackhawks for the 16-17 season. And in Chicago, you don't want to say he was too underwhelming. I mean, a guy, uh, 28 points in his first season, 52 in 2017-2018. That's 52 in 78 games. And then the start of uh, last season, he was in Chicago, had 11 points in 23 games. And when he came over to the Coyotes, it was a swap of... uh, players that were not panning out in the organizations that they were in. Uh, Dylan Strom for the Coyotes, who was picked third overall 
and uh, just not not performing well in Arizona. It wasn't the right place for him, evidently. Brendan Perlini was also sent off as well. He's a former first-round pick. He was drafted 12th overall in the 2014 NHL draft, so uh, picked eight picks ahead of Nick Schmaltz. you got to think of Coyotes. <laughs> Obviously, hindsight's 20-20, but you pick Schmaltz uh, 12th overall. Didn't have to make that trade. Maybe try to help uh, Dylan Strome work out, but it doesn't matter. It's really working out. For the Coyotes, uh, you take a look at Strom and Perlini. Perlini has played only one game this season uh, for the Blackhawks. And last year, went over to Chicago. He had uh, 12 goals in 46 games. He scored a game winner against the Coyotes at one point. Uh, but in Arizona, just didn't, didn't play, I think, the way a lot of people expected him to. Coming over from the Niagara Ice Dogs, that's where he... Played his juniors, um, a guy who, uh, in his draft year, put up 71 points in 58 games, uh, and then went back and put up 60 points in 43, but I think the the toughest part to see is when he went back again in 2015-2016, he only put up 45 points in 57 games, so uh, a little concerning there. Then he went down to the AHL to start the next year, and he scored 14 goals in 17 games, had 19 total points, was called up eventually, finished the year with 21 points, um, and then just not the start he was looking for, only had 30 points in 17-18, and then 6 points in 22 games before he was traded. So, um, I mean, I know breaking down this trade a little bit, but I do want to get back to Nick Schmaltz. He's a guy who, again, a part of a team and in a situation where he felt like he was struggling or not he felt like he was, but, you know, you get the sense that a guy drafted 20th overall, you know, maybe he should be producing a little bit more. Um, he gets traded to Arizona, and now he's producing like a true first-round pick. I mean, it's unreal what he's done since he's gotten to Arizona. Again, small sample size. He's only played in 24 games. Um, but through those 24 games, he has 22 points. 22 points in 24 games, and it's incredible for a guy who comes in tears his ACL goes through a, pretty much an entire the entire calendar year of 2019 up to training camp of rehab and getting ready to get back and he looks better than ever and he looks solid on that line with uh, Dvorak so uh, he and Dvorak look really good uh, so I'm I'm happy for Nick Schmaltz I think this is a guy who could really be a key piece in the Coyotes in the future. Trade when they traded for him, uh, he was uh, 22. Now he's 23. Uh, and then you take a look at, I mean, Dylan Strom. He's played six games. He has three points. That's nothing to scoff at for sure. But only uh, three points so far before he got traded last year. Dylan Strom only had uh, six points in 20 games, and then. Prior to that, had nine points in 21. He did in Tucson, though, in 17-18 at 53 points. But that's beside the point. The Coyotes have Nick Schmaltz. Schmaltz playing extremely well. Um, and a guy that I think the Coyotes are happy that they got and is really contributing to the team. I think a lot of people were wary when the Coyotes went out and picked him up. A guy, again, in a similar situation as the two guys that they shipped off. 
for the moment, I mean, it's hard to say who won that trade. Strom had a fantastic year last year. You can't take that away from him. Um, when he went to Chicago, he played in 58 games, had 51 points uh, up to this point. I mean, again, three points in six games is not terrible, but uh, not what he was putting up. Uh, the rate he was putting up last year it helps. They get to play with Patrick Keane on the power play. But, I mean, it's not that Schmaltz didn't have those opportunities either. So, But Schmaltz coming in, making a name for himself, and we'll see if he's able to keep that up as the season rolls on. The Coyotes at uh, the world's most famous arena tonight, Madison Square Garden, a place that I personally definitely want to visit. Uh, maybe make a road trip out of it next year, especially since uh, the Islanders will not be in Nassau past last or, uh, next season. Um so maybe get a chance to experience two different arenas in New York. But, um, uh, yeah, in the world's most famous arena tonight, and uh, the Coyotes facing a Rangers team that I don't think is where they feel that they should be. Uh, made some big moves in the offseason. Got Artemi Panarin, who has gotten six points in, um, in six games. So it's definitely not that he's underperforming, but he's not the leading point getter. It's Mika Zibanejad, who has 11 points in six games. Zibanejad off to a wild start, but um, take a look at their record. They're 2-4, and four, and I think when you really look at uh, the struggles that they've had, it's been it's been the goaltending, and for a guy like Henrik Lundqvist, who has been on the Rangers a long time, has gone through a lot with the team, I just... You almost wonder when, when they're gonna the, pull the hook on him. I mean, you look at his stats this year; they are ugly. Three fifty-seven goals against average, nine oh six save percentage. Just not, not where the Rangers were hoping it would be. Not where Henrik Lundqvist assumed it would be. So it's just been a, a tough go um, for the Rangers for Lundqvist, and you gotta wonder: it, is it gonna be Georgie of time? At some point, I mean, his goals against average is not the prettiest. It's at 256, but you look at that save percentage, it's at 928. So uh, the the Rangers, so you have a goaltending controversy quite yet, but uh, it's one of those where a team that has played, has paid so much money and really went out and made some big moves in this offseason, um, when you look at what they did, they ended up buying out Kevin Shattenkirk, who, by the way, has seven points in eight games in Tampa. It's You send somebody down to Tampa, and it's pretty much a rejuvenation of their career. It's hard to argue against that, but um, they got rid of Kevin Shattenkirk, who just didn't fit in very well uh, with the Rangers over his two years there. Uh, but you go out, you get Jacob Truba, who again, six points in six games, not bad. Um, you go out and you get uh, Adam Fox, who was one of the hotter college free agents. Uh, and a team that feels that they should be uh, really a, a better team a better team than what they are right now, right? Uh, eye test is one thing. I don't think they've deserved to lose a lot of the games that they did. I mean, uh, just times where they have struggled and especially in net I mean you look at the losses that they had they started out 2-0 beat the Jets but they beat them 6-4 beat the Senators 4-1 and they played the Oilers lost 4-1 lost the Devils 5-2 lost the Capitals 5-2 
and most recently lost to Vancouver uh, three to two on Sunday. So a team that has lost four in a row. They're going to be hungry to win. They're very talented offensively, but if the Coyotes can score quick, I mean, they're starting to light the net up. They're starting to light the lamp a lot. And uh, for the Coyotes, it's uh, one of those things where you just go out, you play a good road game. The Rangers, this is their second game of a five-game homestand that includes Buffalo on Thursday, Boston Sunday, and then Tampa next Tuesday. So a lot of games in a about a week stretch, but uh, they are all at home. And speaking of Buffalo, the Coyotes will head up there uh, on this road trip as well. But for the Rangers, a team looking to, to break a skid, looking to maybe knock down one of the league's hottest teams at the moment, the Coyotes. But if the Coyotes can get themselves to 5-2-1 and one to start the year, right? I mean, that's an ideal start, right? They started out 0-2. wouldn't say there was a lot of panic, but a lot of concern, a lot of worries. Is this team where it needs to be? Are they going to be okay? Again, two games into an NHL season. It's too early. They weren't scoring, so that was a cause for concern. But, uh, I mean, I'll say it, it. It feels like the only game that they really lost, right? A game where I watched and it felt, wow, that team, they were outplayed, was the Colorado game. And they weren't even too badly outplayed in Colorado. It's just a matter of, uh, I mean, two periods of no goals between the two teams. Then they score four in the third period, and the Coyotes had to erase a 2 nothing deficit. So not only they were outplayed early in that third period, but they fought all the way back to tie it and steal a point. So um, outside of those two games, again, you don't, you can't ever just throw games away and, you know, say, oops, well, we just, you know, can't think about those. But, I mean, outside of the first two games, this Coyotes team is, is on fire. They're, 4-0-1, right? And you think if they could have brought some of that offense to the first two games, this team could easily, easily be 6-0-1 or at worst 5-1-1. Um, so for the Coyotes, it's about playing a team that's hungry, that wants to break a streak, that feels like that they're better than they are. Their record says, I think they are, especially up front. I think it's just a matter of their goaltending. Didn't get a chance to see if the Rangers had confirmed who would be in net quite yet. Uh, but on the Coyote side of things, a couple notes from practice, again, from Craig Morgan of The Athletic, a great follow and guy that I always uh, look towards to just kind of keep up with the, the daily daily happenings of the Coyotes. You look at what Craig Morgan tweeted out, uh, and this is a quote from one of his tweets, Coyotes coach Rick Tockett said a couple guys up on some bruises, so there'll be game time decisions. He did not name them. And quote, uh, Craig Morgan speculates there shouldn't be any lineup changes uh, or anything that has come out quite yet. Again, we're two hours away from puck drop at the moment, so it's uh, if it was, it would be coming pretty soon. So, um, yeah, nothing, uh, nothing too crazy. Maintenance days for Schmaltz and Kessel yesterday, so. Uh, no word on whether they were at uh, optional morning skate this morning, um, but they definitely were. Um, they were definitely uh, a part of it. Uh, sorry, not a not a concern that they wouldn't be on the ice for tonight's game, which is huge. Phil Kessel finally has it rolling, and the Coyotes going into a building that they've played okay in in recent years, and. Uh, 
it's a, a different look team, a faster team, a team that scores and uh, looking to shock the uh, shock the lineup and and shock the shock Manhattan if they can and and pick up uh, yet another victory and pick up uh, their 11th point in their last tw- uh, 12 available. Now, when the season started, or right before it started, a lot of people thought that the Pacific Division was going to be the weakest, uh, and it wasn't hard to see, right? I mean, a, a division that had the Oilers who struggled last year, the Canucks who struggled, the Coyotes who just missed out, uh, the Kings who were really bad, uh, and it was hard to see that um, this division was going to get any better, uh, but it has, and it is exponentially better than the Central. I know a lot of people had five teams from the Central going to the playoffs, but right now it is not a pretty time to be in the Central Division. The Winnipeg Jets have are 5-5 five and five and are currently in third place in the Central. Obviously, again, way early. Um, technically, the Coyotes are out of a playoff spot at the moment, but kind of out of whack with how many games uh, each team has played. I mean, you look at the Stars, and they've played 11 games, and the Coyotes have only played seven. So uh, the Blackhawks have only played six. The Coyotes will play eight as of tonight, but uh, just a lot of kind of wacky. And when you look at uh, the Eastern Conference in terms of games played, at one point the Rangers only had four uh, to start just this past Saturday. They obviously played it back-to-back played the Oilers, played the Canucks to get themselves the six games played. But uh, anyways, kind of a wacky time in the scheduling. But the Pacific Division, it looks good. I mean, the Canucks off to a hot start. They did, they've did. they done the same thing the last two years where they get off to a really good start and then they really start to fade away. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Thatcher Demko looks legit. Uh, Jacob Markstrom looks good. Uh, their back end looks a little more solid than it has been in recent years. Their forward group is unbelievable with Besser and and Pedersen, and uh, ended up getting JT Miller as well, who's helped them out. I think the the one team, I didn't think Calgary was that good last year. I thought they scored a lot of goals and won a lot of games early. Uh, Again, 107 points. It's hard to say that they weren't a good team last year, but I thought that they would lose to Colorado, and they did. I just didn't, I didn't think they had the goaltending. I didn't think they were that deep defensively. Um... And I think it's starting to show a little bit uh, this year. They have a minus one goal differential. They have 11 points. I mean, they're right behind Vegas. Again, it's just a logjam in that Pacific Division. The only teams that are really out of it at the moment, the Kings and the Sharks each have six. I think the Sharks find a way to turn it around. But, I mean, it's kind of weird. They do play at Buffalo tonight. So, be interesting. Their last loss came to the Sabres at home 4-3. to So, if the Sharks lose again, I mean, that's... A three and six start for a team that was uh, not too far away from the Stanley Cup final. Went to the Western Conference final last year, so um, team that was on the doorstep of a Stanley Cup final, uh, not looking in the best shape. Um, the Kings again, they're in a rebuild year, but they've played some good games. I've thought the Kings have looked a lot better than they should have. Um, they're three and five at the moment. They beat they beat the Flames on Saturday, so uh, that's why I don't, again, that doesn't have anything to do, again, necessarily against the Flames, but it just, you know, they, they lose to LA, but they do go to Anaheim and win, so, uh, but the the big one is Edmonton, man, I mean, Edmonton, they've looked so good, and Dave Tippett's a fantastic coach, I thought he got 
a tough end of the deal. And that's not anything against the Coyotes organization. Just because where they were at in that time, they were still in a rebuild. Uh, and the group of players around him just was not meshing together. So it was time for a change. It was time for a new voice. Uh, but I thought he just had a, just with the roster that he had, again, it was due to financial constraints, I think, more than anything. Um, but just didn't really have too much to work with. Now he gets to go work with maybe the two best forwards in the NHL in Dreisaitl and McDavid. And that team looks like it is flourishing. James Neal is coming back to life. Again, goaltending. Be interesting uh, what's going to happen there. Uh, Mike Smith, Miko Koskinen have played well. I don't think they've been awful. I mean, the team's only allowed 21 goals, which is uh, pretty solid. The only team who's... Uh, um, there's only a handful of teams who have allowed less than that, especially out west. Um, but the Coyotes, 13 goals against this season. That is the best in the NHL in terms of total goals. Again, some teams have played more, but uh, plus eight goal differential for the Coyotes, um, which is second best in the west. Only two, the Edmonton Oilers, who had a plus 10. So the Oilers, I think, are a little more sustainable than... A lot of people maybe will give them credit for. The Ducks, I don't know how long they can keep that up. Um, I mean, they've only allowed 16 goals. I think a large part of that is to John Gibson. And they're 4-1 at home. I mean, they're taking care of business at home. So it's not not too bad for the Ducks at the moment. Definitely a lot better than what they thought. Vegas, they're 6-4. and four. Uh, I, I just don't know what to think about Vegas. I just don't. I don't think they're the Stanley Cup contender that everybody thinks they are. I think defensively they are in a, a heap of trouble. Even when they get Braden McNabb back, I just don't think that they, they've, they're they going to be that great. But, I mean, it's weird, right? You take a look at their schedule. They dominate the Sharks the first two nights of the season, then lose to Boston and Arizona, then come home and just obliterate the Flames and go on the road and beat the Kings. Then Nashville comes in and beats them. They struggle with Ottawa. I mean, not that they had 58 shots. Anders Nilsson really kept the Senators in that game. And then the Penguins, who were on a roll, they blanked the Penguins in Pittsburgh, but then come home or uh, go to Philadelphia last night, and they get beat up by the, the Flyers. And I know you're going to have some bad games, but, I mean, when they're losing, they're losing big time. And... Uh, you know, lost four to one to the the Coyotes, lost five to two to the Knights, lost six to two, or sorry, lost five to two to the Predators, lost six to two to the Flyers. So I mean, it's just you know they're when they're losing, they're getting it taken to them, but they're beating some good teams. It's the Knights are weird. I think they just need to get more consistent than anything. I again, I don't think they're a bad team. I expect them to be in. Uh, you know, in the playoffs that come the end of the year, but they they have to get that figure out defensively, and they need they have to find another goaltender because it is for Mark Andre Fleury at his age, and I know he's great, but two eighteen goals against average, nine thirty four save percentage. He's played nine of their eleven games, and or he started eight of their eleven games, and he had to come in for Malcolm Subban in Arizona. So, for Marc-Andre Fleury, he's, again, getting a huge workload. Their backup goaltenders are not helping them out at all. Um, so, it's just, 
just not not ideal again defensively not not the best in the world as well so uh, the Pacific Division in an interesting interesting situation at the moment and uh, the Coyotes looking to take advantage of that as they will continue to try and extend their point streak to six games when they start a big four-game road trip tonight against the Rangers at puck drop at 4 p.m. Arizona time, 7 p.m. Eastern. So I appreciate you tuning into this just a couple hours before puck drop. My name is Seth Askelson. You can find me at, on Twitter at saskelson96. Once again, that is at S-A-S-K-E-L-S-O-N-9-6. You can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Coyotes. Once again, that is at LO underscore Coyotes. Really appreciate your time. Tomorrow we'll come on back, talk about the Rangers game, any uh, updates on Coyotes news and notes, see where they're back in the standings, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to talk to you soon. So thank you for tuning in, and we hope you stay locked on Coyotes.